forever. Dog. Yeah. Three, two, one. That means it's time for the best show, everybody. Welcome back on another Tuesday night. It's the best show. My name's Tom Sharpling, and we have a great episode for you tonight. Who is going to be on the show? What are we going to do? I want you to listen and find out, stupid. I can't talk that way at the audience. Oh, boy, that's... I'm going to get in trouble with Forever Dog for that one. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, everybody. Tonight we have on the show, we have the amazing, the amazing band, Daniel Romano's outfit. We have a full session from them on the show tonight. And then... We also will be talking very quickly, soon, going to just play the theme and the song and then jump right into it, Toby, Amy's, I'm going to embarrass oh my God, why I never said his name, Ami, Amias, oh boy, oh boy, I'm going to really get in trouble with Forever Dog now, um, I'm going to be in a, get cold on the carpet for not getting a guest name right, no, but I will say this. Toby directed a truly amazing movie about King Crimson called In the Court of the Crimson King. King Crimson at 50. We'll talk to him in a few minutes. So let's get right to it. The phone number is 201-989-0012. The magic begins now. Start the theme, please. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the best show here on a Tuesday night in October of 2022. How y'all doing tonight? My name's Tom Sharpling, the host of the best show for you this evening and every Tuesday night. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. Uh, we just heard Cat Food by King Crimson from In the Wake of Poseidon, their second album. And usually we chit-chat, we take our time, we ease into stuff. Not tonight, Jack. We got places to go and people to meet, and uh, our our guest is in, um, he's in London, and I want to be able to talk to him before he falls asleep. Can we bring him on, please? 
Oh, there you are. We got Toby. Toby, how do you say your last name? You said it perfectly the first time, Tom. Amy's. Amy's. Okay. And then I started to maul it as I went further down a, a hole of embarrassment. I've to- had an unusual name for 55 years, so I'm used to it being mauled. Don't worry. Well, I apologize. It doesn't mean I shouldn't apologize for it. And I apologize. Toby, Amy's. What matters to everybody beyond your last name getting said correctly is that you are the director of a movie called in the court of the crimson king king crimson at 50 and i have seen the movie i've watched it a couple times now and it is as a super fan um of the uh band taking on 50 years of catalog. Um, would you be able to lean back a scooch, Toby? I want you to just stay on frame so we can How's see that? your your handsome face. Oh, that's perfect. There we go. That's better. Um, I'm just worried you'll see something incriminating in the background. Oh, that's what I want to see. That's I'm looking. Widescreen. This is actually a sting operation, and uh, we uh, we it's very it's a long con is what we're doing here. We created a show. We had you on as a guest. We did it for 20 years. And after tonight, we get you. We pack up. Mission accomplished. Uh-huh. Frankly, I'm flattered. The feds have been <laughs> after me for a long time, but you're the first person to come close, Tom. Oh, well, we're going to get you. Cop. We're going to get you. That's a fair cop. That's the... <laughs> um, 50 years of legacy... It's one of the most daunting tasks imaginable at a band that has taken on so many configurations, so many changes of personnel, changes of sound, style, look, everything. It is a, it, and it's kind of the purpose of the band. We'll talk more about that in a second. But I just want to start off by tipping my invisible hat to you because. You captured 50 years of something that seems impossible to wrangle. You did an amazing job of that. So congratulations on that. Thank you, Tom. It wasn't easy. (laughs) I can't imagine it was. And, um, well, just before we get into it, what is the, how and when and where are people going to be able to see the movie? Let's just put that out there because that's what everybody's going to be asking. I think it's, it's playing in a, not very many, but in a couple of cinemas in the States on the evening of the 19th, which is what next Wednesday, I believe. And then, um, and then on the 22nd of October, which is a week on Saturday, uh, it's going to be available for a stream on nugs.net. If you just type in nugs.net forward slash King Crimson, you'll find it. And I believe it, that might be nugs with two G's, I believe. Right. Uh, possibly. I yes, think it I is. Yeah. Um, and then there will be a physical release uh, forthcoming at at some some stage. Also, I saw it listed on a mailing and then that there's going to be some bonkers. Yeah, I think it's a 60 DVD box set. A six. Great. Well, keeping in line with the band, that would make yeah. perfect sense. Um, also, it's, star boxer. it's available in two forms. I think one of which has lots and lots of extras. One of which is, is just the film itself. And it's one G I apologize. I'm apologizing to you all night, Toby, 
Nugs has one G. I don't know what I was thinking. Well, I do know what I was thinking. I was thinking of nuggets. Um, but uh, nugs.net, N-U-G-S.net. You can stream the movie uh, in a week or so. Well, let's get to the movie, the matter at hand. King Crimson, when was your first, what was your first exposure to the band? And when was your first exposure to the band? Uh, probably the afternoon of the morning that Robert asked me to make the film. Okay, so you you came into this as a filmmaker first, as an innocent. As uh, an yes, innocent. okay. I, um, I um I did I knew Robert's work with with Bowie and particularly with Eno, mm-hmm. um, but I'd not actually been really aware of King Crimson at all to that point. I grew up in England as punk rock was happening. I was too young to be a punk per se, but I was very impressionable. And so I heard, um, you know, Johnny Rotten on the radio and so on, telling me not to listen to prog rock dinosaurs and so on. So, so I'd not really paid them very much attention. Uh Um, And I was sort of vaguely aware of them, but they were not, I don't think that they were sort of um, sufficiently acid drenched for me Uh to, for me to get into them because of psychedelia. Um, and they probably weren't funky enough for me to get into them from the sort of the, the jazz fusion side of things. So um, although um, sort of listening to the Discipline period band, I realized that they're a sort of great post-punk band in yeah. a way, in a way that I don't think they ever get credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm something of a convert now. Okay, but I think that was part of the reason Robert wanted me in there was because I was, you know, a legitimate filmmaker, but at the same time not somebody who came with a with a particular agenda or even fondness for King Crimson. So mm-hmm. it's not an objective film I've made, but it's a film from the point of view of somebody who's um, more focused, perhaps, on the whys than the hows. That makes a lot of sense. It's it, somebody coming in, a super fan coming in would maybe not be able to let go of this, not be able to to not to move past certain things if they were not fully explored because that's what's resonating for them the most. They've got all of their 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 baggage with it. Yeah. Um and when we say Robert, we're talking about Robert Fripp who's the guitarist of the band who uh is the sole constant of King Crimson over 50 years. He's the, the, even though he kind of, well, he, he denies being the leader of the band and being the driving force and looks at it as a collective. And he's still the one, the, the last man standing with the band. So it's like a collective, like the UN security council is a collective. (laughs) Uh huh. As Tom York said of his place in, uh, in Radiohead, he's America. Mm-hmm. He's, and he is one of the most. Um, he's such an interesting character. What were your first impressions of him, and how did that uh, your impressions of him evolve as the filmmaking uh, went on? Uh, I mean, I'm tempted to say from positive to negative, um, but that wouldn't be entirely true. I knew Robert socially. Mm-hmm. Um, because my family's from the same town that he lives in. So I'd, I'd met him socially and I'd worked um, with him on a radio program that I'd made. I used to make radio documentaries. And 
Um, but the Robert I met on tour was very different. You know, somebody who who was almost wholly um, dedicated to the music that he was making and the the particular methodologies um, that he he approaches music making for. And I think very rapidly he found uh, my presence uh, a distraction and an impediment. Um, to to doing what was important to him on tour so there was um there was a fair bit of if not active conflict i'd say friction between you know him wanting to do the best possible show he could mm-hmm. and me wanting to make the best possible film i could um so it was uh it's pretty difficult for a long time actually sure. to sort of uh, to get the material that i felt was necessary to to make a film that would give people an understanding of what was going on and why it was going on. Sure, sure. Because one of the 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 uh, constants with King Crimson is what is when they perform live. It is a very strict no phones, no video policy. There's no cameras because the band has always had this this. Uh, they just don't want their their mistakes put on the thing which would make everybody get self-conscious or at least that's how i've heard it explained was that it's I'm both- not sure to be, uh, tom i'm reluctant to uh to disagree with you but i my sense is much more that it is about the uh the creation of a unique moment mm-hmm. and and so it's not so much about being concerned about a mistake mm-hmm. being repeated or, or broadcast after that it's more that like there's a there's a distinct relationship between the audience and the band, mm-hmm. and the and the music that sort of exists between those those two uh, um, parties, mm-hmm. and that that a flash or going off or somebody seeing noticing that somebody's doing it would take people out of that moment. I sure, think. sure. I um, mean, I, I've yeah, it's I think it's a little bit of both, but I agree with you. Ultimately, you're a hundred percent right. And I'm kind of right also on this one because I heard them say I, like, he doesn't want cameras there. That's what he doesn't want because he's described it as a sacred experience, the uh, a yeah. performance for both the audience. Did he throw you out of a show, Tom? No, I would be terrified to even think to to remember I had a phone in my pocket, let alone look at it during the during the show. And I also wouldn't want to. It's it is. There is something special about getting to see a performance in the 21st century where you're not looking through the person in front of your uh, seat. Look, you're not looking through their phone to see the band. It's, For it, sure. It, it does create a special atmosphere. And um, I'm making a film in that environment. Well, I can only imagine. Where were you? Where were you? Like literally shoot because because you were how how much access did you have during performances to to shoot um technically none okay um so so there were a couple of it there was one instance which is the sort of the end shot of the film uh where i um made it on stage at the royal albert hall Mm -hmm. um just after they'd finished but i did get into big trouble for that and then there's also <laughs> another there's another shot um of of Bill Reeflin performing um that I got when I was hidden very far 
in the audience at a at a show in Paris. But mm-hmm. um, no, it was very it was very hard. And um, one of the big challenges was that King Crimson is described as a way of doing things, um, but also it has a way of doing things. Mm-hmm. And that way of doing things is not necessarily conducive to making a film. So. Oftentimes there was conflict and other times that I would have to sort of be um, surreptitious in, in how I, I got material. One of the, the good things about that dynamic, though, was that in talking to Robert and the management about this dynamic, um, I said, well, you know, if you don't want me filming you live, I need to get closer cinematically than I'm currently allowed to. So can we do a performance which is just for the cameras, make the cameras the audience? Sure. And and that translated into a performance they did at their rehearsal space in Tring, okay. which forms one of the narratives of, of the show. And it also is a unique element to the film because nobody's seen the band play like that. Yeah. It was interesting to see them kind of facing each other. Is that is that, is that the footage you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's um, yeah, sort of in the round. Yeah, it's really um, well. In spite of the challenges, you did a, a pretty uh, amazing job of telling the story from a performance standpoint, and also from a the people behind the band. You just mentioned Bill Rieflin, and that's one of the uh, I, that was one of the most powerful threads running through this movie. Is is his. Um, just his final couple of years of, of living. He was very sick during the, uh, during this iteration of the band and passed away uh, a couple of years ago by this point now, 2020. Yeah. yeah. It, um, and I thought that was, you, you got some seriously uh, beautiful uh, conversation with Bill that I, that was just, uh, I'm so glad you got that. It was really special to see. And how how heavy was that on a constant process, knowing how ill he was and that it's a matter of, I guess, when he's going to pass away, which is what he said, and not if, to actually have to go, you got to ask this guy questions and you know where he's at in terms of pain and, and, and all of his uh, limitations and suffering. I don't know what's harder, sort of watching your friend die or watching your friend at the end of their life, or their life, or editing your friend at the end of Mm -hmm. their life. Probably the editing, in a way, because there's just so much regret and pain associated with that that process. Um, Bill's an extraordinary individual, and he also, perhaps more than any other member of the band, had a really acute understanding of his relationship with the camera both in terms of just being playful with it, mm-hmm. um, but also I think he was aware that I would be particularly interested in his story um, because, you know, I think as a filmmaker, you're always looking for reasons to show an audience that something is meaningful and worth their attention. And when you've got somebody who is choosing to spend the last months of their life playing in a band, 
it very clearly demonstrates to people why it matters or that it matters. It was, um, I was fortunate with Bill that he was so eloquent that he was also able to express why it mattered. Um, And I think that we never really, we never had a, a, a specific conversation about how his death and his dying would work in the context of the film. But I think he was acutely aware that he was giving a lot of himself to me and my camera for the sake of the film. And that provides a a weight to the film that I think is um, perhaps unusual in most music documentaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's something... But then Crimson have a weight that is unusual in most bands. Absolutely. There, there's something about, he says in it that he had a conversation with the doctor to do the things that it's time to think about doing the things he wants to do with the time he has left. And there's something very validating for you that one of the things was to participate in this movie to the degree that he did. Mm. So that's, uh, I think that's a testament to, to what you were doing and how you captured all of these guys it's really um i saw him do a q a at one of these fan things before a show that they'll often do where a member of the band will come out and talk to whoever is a part of whatever the thing is i got in on it for like talking to like 30 people and he came package the royal package is what it was yes and it was in red bank underpants (laughs) that's look that's between you and him um, the, he came, Bill Rieflin came out and talked to everybody and, um, he was such, I, I had no idea he was ill. He was so, he was very kind and very generous with his time and took a lot of time to talk to this one young guy who was a musician there and really, really kind of uh, like a high character thing he did Mm. and gave a lot of time and energy and now knowing that he was so uh ill makes that that much more uh impressive um so you coming into this not necessarily as a fan first the relationship to the music what parts started to resonate with you what how where are you at with their music now you might be a little sick of it of course you had to go make a movie about it but where, where does the band live with you just musically? Oops. Oh, there he goes. We lost him. Quite, quite a long way away. Mm-hmm. Um, there are parts of King Crimson's music on record that I really love, mm-hmm. really, really love. Sure. Um, and then in about four bars, that generally turns up a part that I don't really love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that so on record, I, fi- I find them frustrating. Just when I was listening to Cat Food, then mm-hmm. I was like, it wasn't like I was like, is this never going to end? It's just that there are so many false endings in that song. Mm-hmm. I was like, how is this ever going to mm-hmm. end if they mm-hmm. keep on on doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, it must have been a nightmare for like um, classic rock DJs back in the day trying to to work out at what point to to fade it out or start talking over it um i i just well i don't think they the thing in america was that they weren't playing king crimson that's the solution to that problem they were not a big radio band at all in the u.s okay it just wasn't a thing it was more of a 
in the 70s, it was more of a here's the album you need to get. I mean, the first album, of course, but everything beyond that, I, I never heard any of those songs as a kid on the radio. Anything right. beyond maybe uh, 21st Century Schizoid Man or or the Court of the Crimson King. Yeah. Just those things were all records I had to find. I heard when I heard the album. Right. So. so. Um, but likewise, they were not a band that I ever really, ever really heard on in, on UK radio either, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but to sort of answer your question, I don't listen to them on record, really. I like Red. Mm-hmm. I suppose if I had to pick an album, I would pick that because um, it's sort of punk and metal, sort of, you know, it sort mm-hmm. of prefigures both of those things. Um, sure. But uh, live, I just thought they were magnificent. It's... Just, I just, you know, it's sort of, it's, if I can point out to one of the many failings of my film, um, it's that, um, you know, I don't think anything, as Robert Robert says this as well, it's like nothing can capture that band live except experiencing them live. And, um, you know, a lot of my friends, I used to live in New York and a lot of my friends either live in New York or Los Angeles and they're roughly my age and they, they also were lucky enough to see the Discipline Band and so on. And, and so I wished I'd seen those iterations. But mm-hmm. this last iteration with the three drummers, you know, it was, um, it, it really was, as somebody said in the film, it's like an occult experience. It's sort of, I went to school in a, in a cathedral in the UK, but I never had an experience as powerful and profound musically in that specifically religious environment as I did at a couple of King Crimson shows. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a great shame that it looks like it's unlikely that they're going to play live again, because I would just love more people to experience that. I've seen live. I love, I adore live music and mm-hmm. I love live bands that, that do sort of keep you in the moment, give you a sense that what you're experiencing, even if they've played exactly the same songs in exactly the same order the night before, that it's still a unique experience. Um, And the King Crimson Live was that, but on this monumental scale. It was absolutely extraordinary. Yeah, now those those shows are, it really was a, a true experience to watch a band with three drummers up front, boom, 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 and the rest of the band on a riser. And it just created this kind of force that you, it was just, it's it's the, you had to be there is ultimately what it was. I have not, any of the things I've listened to of the live shows or watched a DVD of things, it just falls short of what it felt like to be in that room and to feel just the, the power and the precision of this thing happening in front of you. I don't even know how to put that to words. It was a, mm. it's a really special experience. And do you, um, do you, it, it seems like the rumblings are that 50 years in Fripp hit the, the lineup that he wanted to, Oh, that he was always searching for that. It seems like it might be done. Is that, is that the general consensus? I I just I can't speak for what's going on. I, I understand that completely. I know it's all everything's conjecture until I, it's not even that. I will drive myself crazy. I decided about three years ago just to like mm-hmm. 
you know, I put stuff into the film mm-hmm. that give the audience a, an opportunity to try and work out what's going on in there. But I, I just, I don't, I think I'd go nuts. And also, um, so I, and I don't, I don't want to speak for him. I, you know, the, one of the reasons I'm interested in making the film is to give him an opportunity to speak for himself mm-hmm. and also to give people who've interacted with him an opportunity um to to speak of their experience so but in terms of like what the future is for that band i'm not entirely sure they've broken up for good several times mm-hmm. already um so i don't i don't know you know what the future holds for them personally i'd love to see them play live again oh absolutely i would love um, that it would be just to get one more shot and that's something you touch on in the movie is that the f- that Robert Fripp kind of has dedicated himself to making this thing run at the level that it runs at and that there is some sort of toll because people keep wanting it again and again. They once is never enough for people who've experienced it. And there is, there seems to be some sort of price that he has paid to maintain that level and some it sometimes it comes off as an adversarial relationship with the fans but to me it always struck me as somebody's got to take care of business and and if he he you can't get both either you're going to get a guy who is your best friend or you're going to get this version of king crimson Pick which one you want, and he's picking to give you the performance and maybe not be your pal. Um, that's how I've always taken the uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's 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 quite a sort of binary delineation of the of it there. But I think broadly speaking, I agree with you. I think one of the things that I found so interesting about seeing those dynamics at play and that and that conflict between like enjoying yourself and and making great art is that um it's clear that if you apply strict discipline um you can achieve extraordinary things you know i think people fighting on the front line in ukraine are very aware of of that at at the moment but Mm -hmm. um simultaneously I think all good films have a sort of central dilemma in them that give the audience something to talk about on the way home or sort of, you know, as they're experiencing the film, they see, they see this, this dialogue play out. Um, and one of the things that I thought was so fascinating to witness when I was filming King Crimson was seeing the thing of like, yes, they create extraordinary music, mm-hmm. but they also seem to be quite miserable at the same time. And for some members of the band, it's worth it, and other members of the band, it's not. But crucially, even if it is worth it, you're still fucking miserable. Yeah, you know. And and frankly, I am over the moon to be out of that environment. <laughs> <because> <laughs> yeah, I, can... I, you know, whilst I've got enormous respect and admiration for mm-hmm. what they've achieved and so on. Um, and I'm acutely aware that there's a lot of suffering involved in art. I also don't want to be 
miserable for the sake of art for the rest of my life sure one of the ex-members describes it uh, likens it to uh, like a, having a low level uh cold or Actually, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. you realize you've you've had a cold for 10 years and that leaving the band suddenly the cold went away yeah absolutely. it um but it's interesting though because we are seeing this new version of Robert Fripp in a way where he seems like he has some sort of like he's taking a step, a slight step toward things. He never took a step toward where he's making these fun cover songs that he does with, with his wife, Toya. Um, he's just did a, a, a little speaking tour in the U S of just, answering questions from fans, like just straight Q and A's putting himself out there in front of fans. He did of, he did a congratulations video for me that, uh, the best show producer, uh, Jason got me when I wrote a book last year and Jason got me a video from, from Robert saying congratulations on the video. And then he said, Hey, I ordered your book. And also when I'm playing in, New Jersey, I'd like you to come see the show. Uh, there's two tickets on my guest list. And then I was, I'm in Los Angeles now. I had been in New Jersey. So then I wrote saying, Hey, I'm in Los Angeles now. And then he emailed me back and said, well, I'll put you on the Los Angeles list. Very excited. Like he was like, that does not seem like the Robert Fripp that people have been dealing with for 50 years. What, what do you think? Is that a softening or is that him feeling comfortable in his own skin? What, what do you, what would you attribute that to? Again, with the proviso that I don't keep my sanity by thinking too much about what's going on. I'm not asking you to solve the puzzle. I'm just um, asking for your, your <laughs> angle on the thing. Uh, I, um, I think it's, I think it's great, you know, that he is, is trying new things, you know, mm -hmm. but I think that's also something that, that is great about King Crimson is that, you know, as Bill Bruford says in the film, you know, it's a tool that needs resharpening. Um, you know, change is a big part of what the band is about. So I think that, um, I think, I think oftentimes if you become well known, you know, that can be a cage that, that people have, a set of expectations of you and you feel an obligation to fulfill them, whether that's by, you know, coming across as a tyrant um, or, or something else. So, but also whilst I had a lot of difficulty working with, or rather in spite of Robert, when I was working with the band on tour, I've seen lots of different sides to him. Um, and I was very glad that um, I don't want to give it away um, but that in spite of this sort of very strict, rather dry, you know, as Trey Gunn says, occasionally precious character you see a lot on, on screen, um, that we do get evidence of his really excellent sense of humour uh, at, at the very end of the film. And, mm -hmm. and so it was important for me when I was making the film to show as many sides of his his personality as possible. And I think, you know... Um, the fact that he is seeking to to broaden himself in a way, but that's the, the idea that Robert Fripp is not broad is you know is facile. That, but that he's trying new things, 
um, I think is I think it's great for him. Sure. And in ter- in terms of showing the many sides to him, uh, we'll we'll start to wrap it up here so you can get to bed. It's uh, all coming up on three in the morning for you in London right now. Um, Tom, I've got hours left in me if you want me. Look, don't. That sounds like a challenge, and it will be your <laughs> famous last words, uh, buddy. Next time you're doing a 24 hour show, I'm, I'm yeah. there with you. Oh, I would love it. We had um, who did we have from the fall call in? Oh my God, it was Mark oh, Riley. No, it was uh, it wasn't Mark. It was um, holy Bricks. Mo- it wasn't Bricks. It was Paul. It was Paul Hanley, right? Yeah, and he was speaking it, of difficult band leaders. Yeah, that would be a nice, uh, nice uh, square off, huh? You get Marky Smith against Robert Fripp. Who'd win that? Uh, who'd win that battle? You just wouldn't get them to do it, though, <laughs> would you? That's the thing. You well, even get them close. We'll all have Not to get now, to heaven. Especially. We'll all have to get to heaven. It was Paul Hanley. Um, that's what's waiting for us uh, on the other side, Toby. Is we get if we're good people in this life, we get to see Marky e. Smith and Robert Fripp square off in heaven, <laughs> or hell sure might heaven. be hell too. Who knows? I'm not. Yeah, I don't think it would be heaven. If okay. Um, he there's all these different sides of of Fripp that you get across in this um in this documentary there's a very vulnerable part of the movie when he's talking about uh, when he was on a little bit of a a spiritual journey. And can you tell us about that a little bit without, you don't have to tip it what happens in the movie, but it's, it seems like it was a very intense, meaningful part of his life. Yeah. I think um, it was, uh, it's there's a, there's a bit in the film again, I won't give up, which, which is very, very strange. Um, and when I was recording it, uh, I was both con- genuinely concerned, um, mm-hmm. but also acutely aware that, that like, if I'd actually managed to record it, it would be an extraordinary moment of cinema and also something to, to experience in an actual movie house um, would be quite uncomfortable and also a powerful experience. Um, Robert has a notion that that duration is subject subjective, and so that particular moment—that's again—I don't want to give away too much of it—but you really get an understanding of the um, subjective nature of time. Yeah. There, it's a very vulnerable um, moment that is is not a uh, it is not a brief moment. It's certainly not, and it's not expected, and it's. Um, it gives you a sense that there is a lot more going on there than any of the caricatures um, that people have of, of Robert. And and to be fair, some of the ones that, you know, perhaps he um, encourages people to have um, of him as well. So um, he is... He's a most extraordinary man, and I and you know perhaps the only bit of editorializing I'd like to sort of say is that I think King Crimson is also an extraordinary band. But one of the reasons it's an extraordinary band, apart from the fact that it's got an extraordinary individual at the heart of it, is that that's not enough for him. He wants it to be more than just the extension of him, and so it's very important to to get other people in there 
to turn it into something else, but also I think one of the core conflicts of, of that band and being in that band is that nobody's entirely sure what King Crimson is because it's a fluid notion. It is ultimately, that's a fantastic way of saying it because for a band that's been around as long as they have, they are still this incredible mystery ultimately. And there, it's been a very deliberate act of preserving mystery with them that you get what they present to you and you don't get a whole lot more than that. That that is what you get is what you can parse and interpret. It's not a band of uh, behind the scenes, this or that the product, the music does the talking. Yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the, the difficulties that Robert had with the filmmaking process is that I think he felt that you do find King Crimson in the music more mm-hmm. than you do in what anybody's opinions are, even if those people have been actively involved in creating this idea of, of King Crimson. I mean, so I'm allowed to swear on this show. Well, you, you know what? For you, yes. Okay. Well, it's a total head fuck, but in a really, really great way, you know? And I think it's... There is a parallel for me in terms of how I like to make films in that, like, I don't want to tell the audience what to think. You know, I'd like mm-hmm. to I'd give, give, I dive in there. I get lost in the, in the subject matter. Um, but I'm not looking to sort of go, well, it's this and this and this and this and this. I, you know, give the audience the raw material with which that they can make up their own minds. And I think that King Crimson in a much subtler and, and more sophisticated way does something similar they don't they don't give you too much that you can immediately know what it is it's like the the real power of that band is something that happens deep deep inside you yeah um but there is definitely something happening there absolutely and uh once again i will say you did such a a truly impressive job taking all of that taking the difficulties and you told a really compelling story that I think people who don't even know the music will get intrigued by the band or at least the people in the band. It's a, it's a great story and it's a great movie. Uh, it's in the court of the Crimson King, King Crimson at 50. And it's going to be playing in certain theaters next week. And you can get Why it. in New Jersey. Sorry. New Jersey's representing us. New Jersey's representing you. I'm yeah. I'm in LA. I hope everybody in New Jersey uh, has a great LA, time. But saying- I, I would encourage people to go to our website, www.itcotck.com, mm-hmm. uh, where they can put in details of their local movie theater and get the film shown. Because, you know, it's a bit like the difference between seeing a band live and listening to them on record. Cinema is, is the live experience. That's Absolutely. No, it's... It's an amazing movie. I hope everybody sees it. And um, uh, once again, thanks for coming on the show and congratulations. Thank you very much, Tom. Really appreciate it. We'll see you soon. I'll see you in another four years when I've made another movie. Come on the 48-hour marathon. We're uh, going to start doing that next week. And it will be my final show because I will die. (laughs) Toby, Amy's, thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was fun, right? Was that fun?
You're talking to me? I'm talking to the audience, Toby. <laughs> I'm saying we all had fun. That was a fun interview. I had a great time. See you later. Bye-bye. Well, that was fun. I don't want him yelling at me. No, it's a good time. He's that seriously. It's a great movie. You all know it's one of my favorite bands, and uh, that dude brought a very tricky thing to life. So, kudos to you, Toby Amy's. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. Let's take a couple calls. How about that? A couple calls. A couple calls. Hello, best show. Hello, best show. Tom? Hi. Can you hear me? I can, yes. To whom am I speaking? All right, I'm I'm pulling my car over right now. It's uh this is Jesse from Seattle. Jesse from Seattle. How are you, Jesse? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. What's going on tonight? That uh that conversation, I was just like I got so sucked into that. That was that was insanely cool. Oh, great. I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. I uh I've been looking forward to talking to him and the movie is uh yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, that was a that was an awesome thing to, to be able to listen to you guys chatting. I like that a lot. Um but yeah, I'm doing well. I uh I just was driving across the country from Jacksonville, Florida back to Seattle. Wow, that is truly across the country. How how's how long has that been going on? It was four and a half days. I, I'm like I'm literally four and a half hour days. Hour. That's yeah. it. That's only four and a half days. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, and I did it. I did it by myself too. Did you ever leave your car? Yeah, I did. I um, you know, I I slept in the car <laughs> a couple of nights, but I also got like hotels, you know, and. Um, and did that, you know, that whole thing. I took a couple of walks, but I think my muscles could use probably some more, uh, activity at some point. Sure. No, I, I think that's probably a good idea. Probably got some, some atrophied legs going on. (laughs) A little bit of light atrophy. (gasps) Yeah. The, the, the Taco Bell definitely probably doesn't help that, but. What have you been eating? You've been Um, eating Taco Bell. Is that what you've been eating? Yeah. I mean, I. I have this weird relationship with road food where it's like, I'll, I'll go through a period of time where I'm like, no, I'm only going to eat healthy stuff and I'll make my way to grocery stores and get like, you know, if it's a to-go item, it's like a salad or something like that. And then literally the next day I'll just be like, screw it. I'm going to eat whatever. And it'll be like Taco Bell, McDonald's, Wendy's, mm-hmm. go to bed. I got a tickle in my throat, Jesse. You got a tickle? <laughs> yeah, hold on, buddy. 
<coughs> Jeepers, creepers, what's going on? <clears throat> Look, the test said I had COVID, but I didn't think it would be like that. Oh, look at that. Thank you. Hey, yeah. Brett, can I ask you a question? Please, yeah. When, no, not you, Jesse. When the test has two oh, lines, God. that means, yes, you have COVID, right? He doesn't care. There we go. <clears throat> Jesse, when the test has two lines, that's not good, right? Two lines, yeah, typically, that's typically a, you know, not, not a great sign for for you. So it's a Yikes. positive sign for COVID and negative sign for you. I'll say this. Yikes. No, I don't have COVID. <laughs> I don't have COVID. Or do I? It's I don't. Mystery these days. Everybody's walking around like a little a little mystery box. <clears throat> I ain't got COVID. COVID's got me. <laughs> like uh Remember all those Chuck Norris things? Like, uh, Chuck Norris, uh, he brings Santa Claus presents on Christmas. Ugh. Yeah, it was just like, it was like a interpolation of like the Russia, the Yakov Smirnov jokes, but with Chuck Norris. Yeah, they were Chuck. And the other thing is, you know what also Chuck Norris uh, does? Uh, bad acting. That's another thing he does. He's an awful actor and a... <clears throat> and a karate guy i guess i could still i would say this right now i want to fight you chuck norris this is an open challenge i would like to challenge chuck norris to a fight a karate fight i don't know nothing about karate but i'm assuming the fact that you're 97 years old that will um can somebody pull up a uh, tell me what Chuck Norris looks like these days <clears throat> before I challenge him to this fight? I'm starting to get nervous about it. All I can picture is Chuck Norris doing some spin kick, knocking my head off my shoulders. But um, I'm still going to play the odds and assume I could I could uh, beat the crap out of Chuck Norris in a fight at this point. What do you think, Jesse? You, you think can I can? Him, you think I can take him? All right, Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris, you're on notice. I'm coming for you. Or you can come here. Come to the Forever Dog Studio. <clears throat> Brett, if Chuck Norris shows up, let him in. And somebody go get my gi. Where's my gi? Where's my karate gi? And there's another thing I never understood about karate. Everybody's like, oh, black belt. I got a black belt. No, let's go buy a black belt. I'll go buy one. Was it $2? What's it take to get a black belt? Oh, years of training. Yeah, or $2. Or a white belt and some dye that you bought for $2. So that's $4. The dye is $2. The A white belt is $2. The dye is $3. So for $5... I can beat up Chuck Norris. Well, no, wait, that's a huge leap. For five dollars, I could be a black belt. In, yeah, in style, you could be. You could take on Chuck Norris in style for that amount of money. Seriously, it, it, it's such an. <clears throat> oh, I'm a, I'm an orange belt. Okay, 
how far away are you from being a black belt? Oh, I'm so far away from being an orange belt. Oh, yeah, well, I just went, I'm, I'm a black belt now. I'll just show up to Chuck Norris of the of the black belt. I'll like I'll like crack it. I'll like whip him with it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I'll do the whoosh, whoosh. There you go. Wouldn't that be amazing? You can I, fold it in half and do this. You do the snapping sound. You know, the intimidation tactic. Yeah, I'll do. Yeah, I'll just start. I'll start. Uh, I'll start doing that thing like this. Doosh, doosh, the way you do with a belt. That's him now. Reminds me. Yeah, I could beat I could beat him up. I I could take this guy. I could beat Chuck Norris up. I'm ready to fight you, Chuck Norris. Sure. How old is he? How old is Chuck Norris? Eighty-two years He's old. Eighty-two years old. Um, anybody else want to say eighty-two at the same time? <laughs> Three, two, one. Here we go. Eighty-two. Eighty-two. Oh. He's eighty-two. Eighty-two. <clears throat> All right, Mike. You didn't say eighty-two. What's going on? I'm ready to fight you, Chuck. Eighty-two. North. There we go. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> May the circle be unbroken. Um, I really, cause this guy deserves, first thing I'm going to do is go up to him. I'll say, Hey, what's that on your shirt? And I'll look down and I'll do that. That thing. You would think of it. That'll be a good way. Right. hundred percent in my book. Yeah. Elder abuse. You gotta have, you gotta <clears throat> have like a, a an entrance like that, you know. Mike is saying it sounds like elder abuse. Well, Mike, this guy's guy culture abuse. All those bad movies, <laughs> TV shows. Yeah. Once they get up into the eighties, though, I mean, it's come on. Nah, no escape. No escape. I almost got into a fight a couple weeks ago. Yeah, with who? Some clown in the bar. Oh, I love this. He thought I skipped his song. And uh, I didn't skip his song on the jukebox. Mm -hmm. And it was a Willie Nelson song. And he went off. He started uh, abusing Willie Nelson. Starts giving me the finger across the bar. Mm -hmm. Telling me <laughs> Willie Nelson Willie Nelson sucks. But he and, wanted... Uh, he, so you played a Willie Nelson... Or the jukebox played a Willie Nelson song before his song? Yeah, he had, he had about three... Uh, Three thrice songs. That, that, I guess you have to play three songs when you're playing thrice, and a tool song. Oh God! And uh, wait, what? What is the song? He what is the first? The... <laughs> thrice. I never heard of the band either. But, this sounds uh, like something for the Sec Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look them up. Thrice. And, uh, hey man, you didn't play my tool song. Yeah, Willie Nelson sucks. Yeah, he went off on Willie Nelson. Now, I've told the story about how Willie Nelson went to a, a friend, see a friend of mine when she was in a nursing home. So mm -hmm. he's, I'm always going to defend him. So I start defending yeah. him. He goes crazy. He starts talking about how he, he pumped eight bucks into the jukebox, which is really an idiotic thing to do when everybody plays the jukebox from their phone now. 
So yeah. I actually went over to try and give him back his money, you know, just to shut him up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want your money. Go, <laughs> he wanted to go outside and fight me. And th- th- that didn't happen. You should have done it, Mike. Yeah. No, I think I, you know, he was about 20 years, more than 20 years younger than uh, me. You'd still take him. But I think a leg sweep and a hard shove to the chest, I could have put him on his ass. <laughs> Can you do a leg sweep, Mike? Yeah, I've seen a video on uh, YouTube. That's not what Jason asked. Um, he didn't ask, have you ever seen a video of a leg sweep on YouTube? No, he asked if you could yeah. do one. Mike, I've seen... Yeah, I can do one. Mike, I've, 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 seen, um, I've seen Michael Jordan dunk from the free throw line on YouTube. It doesn't mean I can do it. <laughs> but you know what, Mike? I wasn't in- intimidated by him. Physically. Well, that, that's what matters is that he you were wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> he looked wobbly and he wants to play. What tool song did he want to hear? The one that goes. That one. Yeah, that one. I think that was the one you knew. Yeah. Hey, you play my tool song. Shut so this Willie him. Nelson off. <laughs> so you throw him out of the bar that night. So mm-hmm. now, like, what's going to happen next? Uh, you know, is he going to wait for me in the parking lot and shoot me, mm-hmm. you know, over a willingness song that I didn't even play? But uh, he shows up and uh, he was immediately uh, dispatched and told never to come back. So, oh, well, he loses. He yeah. loses his loss. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, the next time thrice come through, I think you've got to go to the show and look for him. Okay. How's that sound? That's good. Come on in, you know, say, come on in, buddy. You're in my home now. This might be, uh, uh, you might think this thrice show is where you live, but guess what? You're in AP Mike town. Yeah. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Thanks to this story, I've decided to enter a breakdancing contest. Because you saw some stuff on YouTube about it? Yeah, I've seen it seen it once or twice. <laughs> All right. Jesse, you got anything else? I got to move on. Tom, Tom, I just wanted to say really quickly, uh, you got me through a pretty intense drive. Uh, I was listening to, to the archive of the best show the whole time, and it, you're just the best. I, I, I appreciate everything. You hear that? You hear that, everybody? I'm the best. Thanks, Jesse. Now get off my phone. God bless you, but get off my phone. Hot phones tonight. Hot phones. 201-989-0012 is the number to call the show. Best show. Hello. Hello, best show. Bryce. Yes. Oh my God. Unbelievable. How are you? It's been a long time. I know, I know. I've been doing a lot of stuff, you know. Um, long time no toke. <laughs> <laughs> long time no toke. Okay. Uh, I do copywriting that so uh please clear clear that with my lawyer Royden Ziegler the second if you want a release form that's your lawyer yes wow it's a small small world huh 
I, I know he has every intention of going to law school. But he's your lawyer. Yeah. But he, why? but he hasn't. Well, why is because you're saying your lawyer has the every intention to go to law school, but has yeah, not like been Trump, to law school. Like, not yet. It's like Trump declassifying with his mind. I mean, I, I've done that. You've okay, well. Uh, that's that. Um, doesn't make any sense. Bryce. All right. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> Trump, no, because that. Trump said it. That's okay. Whatever. Now you're. Well, he, he's on. He's on TV. He definitely is on TV. That's for sure. That's good enough for me. <laughs> Just that he's on TV is good enough for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, I was listening earlier. You had that guy talking about King Crimson. Yeah, Toby Ames. He made a movie about King Crimson. Yeah, I got to see that because I got to say, King Crimson's a bit of a a blind spot for me. Okay. Yeah, I I, I have a hard time, uh, you know, with complicated music. You have a hard time with complicated music. Yeah, like I... I like some of Yes's more stripped down songs like Yours is No Disgrace and Tempest Fugit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're they're uh they're punk music. They're punk pop songs, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All all of um all of, of uh what do you call it? Tormato. That's that's their new wave album. The next one was their punk album. Tormato was their punk album because it had an angry tomato smeared across it and then drama was their new wave album yeah if that's what you if that's how you heard it yeah okay well that's look i'll i i never thought of it that way bryce Okay, that's the only complicated music you like? Yeah, those songs are tough. I've been trying to jam everywhere with helicopter on my tailor, but it's <laughs> tough, man. Uh-huh. No, that would be tough. That Gilly would I Gilly shreds. Oh, say that again. Gilly shreds. Uh-huh. I never thought of like shredding as being one of the the um the um elements of guided by voices absolutely they have a new album that just came out it's called the blowtorch encyclopedia okay wait guided by voices have a new album out yeah 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 it's really good they got a it's a it's i think it's got like 15 songs on it which is pretty good you know they have a new album that just came out who does well, you just said that. No, I mean another one just came out since I uttered that last sentence. Oh, so you said "Guided by Voices" have a new album out, and then I said, and you said it was called "Blowtorch." Blowtorch. Blow What's the new? And an album came out forty seconds after that. Yeah. 
Does that? Do you know the name of that one? Yeah, it's called Freeze Dried Tennis Courts. Why? <laughs> That's wow. They're putting records out faster than ever now. I never. They, they, they are. What what's going on, Bryce? It's been so long. What have you been up to? Oh no! Hang on! Hang on! Oh man! Hold on! Hold on! Hold what? On. What? Okay, I'm holding. Uh, hold on! No, oh, I'm holding. I accidentally hit play on my. I accidentally hit play on my jam box. Your jam box. Okay. Yeah, I I got Buckeye Lake June eleventh ninety three blasting. June June eleventh ninety three. Yeah, you know a lot of people say they were complete shit by them, but it sounds good to me. Like, is that with who's on keys at that point? Vince Wellnick. Oh man, only the most artificial piano sound known to man. Yeah, that sounds like one of those sounds you'd hear on a keyboard at the mall when you were a kid. Right? Yeah, and you and you would say that sucks. Right. Like right. as a but kid, you would say it sucked. Yeah, probably. But as a kid, I wouldn't have been totally baked. That well, that's true. No, but I, I would have been. You would have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that laugh! Holy moly, on that one! I know, man. I know. I'm trying a new strain. A new strain. What? A new strain of weed? Yes. Oh, tell. What is the new strain? It's called Phil's Dreads. Phil's Dreads. And what is Phil's? What is that? Is that about Phil Lesh? Yeah. I mean, you think it would be. You think it would be some sort of really great combination of like something about Phil and his vibe and also like some sort of like Jamaican kind of stuff. But then I just found out it's actually laced with just regular weed with some guy named Phil's dreadlock. Oh, that's, that's rough, Bryce. That's rough. It tastes like it too. It tastes like you're smoking somebody's dreadlocks. So it tastes like if Phil Lesh had dreadlocks, what they would taste oh, no, like. I, I wish it was Phil Lesh. It just tastes like some dirtbag named Phil. <laughs> oh, just some guy named Phil. Yeah. Oh, I never thought, oh, I, Bryce, I never thought I would say to myself, boy, I sure wish. A better alternative to what I heard would be smoking Phil Lesh's dreadlocks. But that's what I'm saying that's here. That's what we call a once-in-a-lifetime thought. It, yeah, it, and it certainly was. It certainly was. Yeah. But don't bring me down, okay, because I'm in celebration mode. You're in celebration mode. What are you celebrating? Oh, that's you know why? Why? No, I'm I'm glad you're having a great week. Why is it the greatest week of your life? Because Prime Minister Biden has pardoned everyone who got arrested on cannabis charges. I mean, I don't know if it's as simple as that. I don't think he pardoned everybody. I think he's. I, I, 
No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I look. There was there was there's a thing where he's starting to focus on that, but I don't think he pardoned. But it steps in the right direction, is what I would say. Well, all I know is I was told that all my 28 charges are going to get expunged, and also the charges of all my friends too. I mean, it's going to be a whole new lease on life for my friends, like. Fudge and Wiener, New Metal Bill, Stanky, Killer Ralph, Gooch, Big Seth, Fool Craig, Sheila Larson, Speedy Steve, Herpes Jim, Vinny Z, Uncool Craig, and Druggy Duggy, to name just a couple. Druggy Duggy. I'm glad he's going to get a a new lease on life. He had even more charges than me. Well, I'm glad to hear it for on Druggy Duggy's behalf. That list there, that list, you'd think you were uh, writing an early Bruce Springsteen song. Oh, man. Me and Druggy Duggy went down to the beach. Hey, quick question. What's that, Bryce? Do you know what kind of sponge they use to soak up the charges? What's that? Well, I was curious if it was like one of those giant yellow sponges you see dudes using at car washes. I have no idea what you're talking about. What what do you mean with sponge? Oh, I, okay. I see what you're saying. The word, are you confused by the word expunge, Bryce? Oh, maybe. Oh, oh that sucks because I wanted to get my moped detailed. You have a, I didn't look. This is, you talk about a once in a lifetime thought. I didn't know you had a moped. Oh, yeah, man. I drive it all around the woods. You drive your moped through the woods? Yeah, I deliver weed to some people who live in the woods. Okay. And you yeah. deliver, uh, you ride your moped through the woods to deliver them the weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You know, I, I also heard that Biden is not only going to reschedule cannabis, but he's going to require it be added to the four major food groups and even the four minor food groups. Well, I didn't know there were. First of all, I don't know if that's true. Secondly, I didn't know there were four minor food groups. That's uh, news to me. Oh, oh no, you don't have them. What were you doing in school when I was learning about it? I don't know. I don't know. Didn't. Oh, all right. To, to refresh your memory, the major f- uh, food groups: hamburger. Pizza and pasta, tacos and burritos, and the fourth one is Asian fare. Asian fare. Okay. Now, what are the minor food groups? Doritos, Mm -hmm. Snickers, Rainbow Gelato, and Five Hour Energy. Wait, what was that third one? Snickers. After that? Rainbow Gelato. (laughs) Rainbow Gelato. Very specific. Okay. Very minor. It actually would be one of the minor it's food groups. Well, it's 
the most vitamins of all the gelatos because it's three different fruits. Sure. No, it seems like it just a, a, it's like health food, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and with five-hour energy, they, they just added that one at this year's Food Pyramid Expo and Expo Bridge. They added five-hour energy drink to the minor food group list. Yes. Wow. You learn something new every day. You know, you do. And I'm actually quoted in a big story on the new cannabis policy, policy at themorningpuff.net. It just went up today. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't subscribe to the morning puff? I don't. I don't subscribe to the morning puff, which is what now? A... Okay. Well, it's a, it's a hemp-friendly site owned by Kerngo, the same company that published um, the magazine. Yeah, the magazine. Oh, my God. Hey, speaking of the magazine. Yeah. Did you hear it? Did I hear what? The song. I did not. I don't know what. I didn't hear. Oh, hear. man. Okay, well, sit tight. You know, Trip Whiting, he's the publisher of the magazine. Yes. Well, he commissioned the writing and the recording of a song that would be the musical equivalent of the magazine. Really? Oh, man. Oh, man, this song, it's something else. I, I want to hear more about it. All right, well, it's like if you took the first 10 minutes of Saving Private Ryan, the sink into the chair scene and get out, and you got the war on drugs to transmute that into a horrifying audioscape, then you'd have the song. That's, a, that's some kind of song. They, they they played it last night on WNBG 92.3, Newbridge's only place for your daily dose of vitamin R. The only place for your daily dose of vitamin R. Yeah, vi- rock, vitamin rock. Oh, okay, that's what vitamin R is. Okay, I gotcha. Yes. All right, so anyway, so they played it last night only once. And they're saying that 80% of the people who heard the song called in flagrantly terrified to work in school today. It just scared them. It it gets in you. And the worst part is that Charlie, the war on drugs drummer, he's still missing after recording it. Oh, man. Well, this is this is more. It sounds like more than a song. If it's literally making people disappear, it is. You're going to read all about it on Stereo Gum tomorrow. I'll read about it on Stereo Gum tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I tell you, man, people are are, are said to be having these repetitive hallucinations that are straight out of that Bill Murray flick, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. What is a a Bryce? It's another one of those once in a lifetime thoughts. I don't know what a groundhog is. It's that movie. Groundhog. I thought you said groundhog. I did. You did. It's called Bryce. I don't know which way's up anymore. 
hog. The line in Tootsie. What is it again? Yeah. Well, he's talking to Perry Gar, and he goes, you were in my dream last night. You had big teeth, but you were nice. <laughs> Pretty good. That's a good line. It is. I wonder if he riffed it. I would bet he riffed that. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Hey, you mentioned him earlier. Um, I sold a lean to to Bruce Springsteen. You sold a lean. You sold the lean to. I lean to. I make lean tos. I'm making them for a lot of people. Oh, okay. So you have. Yeah, Brennan just bought four. Who just bought four? Gus Brennan. Gus Brennan from the uh, the legendary baseball player. Yeah. From, yeah, of course. The le- the legendary uh, Iron Man of of the Ratmen. That's right. That's right. So I sold Bruce a lean to, and we hang out in his man lean to at least three days a week. He has a man lean to. Yeah. Okay. What goes on in his man lean? Another one. What goes on in Bruce Springsteen's man lean to? It's making me think they're more than once in a lifetime because I'm having so many of them. I feel like I've just unleashed a creative uh, torrent in you or from you. Yeah, it feels like the spigot is open and. uh, Yeah, it's all coming out of me, Bryce. I think that's your best quote ever. It's like the spigot is open. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Bryce. Well, maybe we put it on a on a T-shirt or, or, a, a, cap. or a cap. Put it on a, put it on a cap. <clears throat> you put, put it on a nice cap, cap huh? That'd be fun. <laughs> put it on a cap. Absolutely. Nice jaunty cap. So you, you, uh, yes. You, you ask what goes down in there, and we eat Taco Bell, and we, we watch Goodfellas a lot. Oh, okay, that sounds like fun. Oh man, he's—I gotta say, I, Bruce doesn't really do good imitations at, at all. But there's one he's—he's he's pretty decent at. What? What is that? It's—it's it, Henry Hill. One particular line he's really good at. Mm-hmm. Which one? Um, it goes um. It was among the Italians. It was real greaseball shit. Oh, there we go. Great. It's, I'm sorry, I cursed. That's okay, Bryce. It's okay. I'm not. Maybe not nuts about the other part of that phrase there, but it's from a movie. So. Oh well, you know, I I do want to say that um, um, the Italians have given us so many great things like uh, Italian ice. Uh, Red Sauce, the band Raw Power, and some cool art, too. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Pretty, uh, 
Yeah, red sauce. And what else? And art and some art. Raw power. Raw power also. Yeah, I think they were on toxic branch. <laughs> Bryce, I can never figure you out. I know. Wait, I'm sorry. You're, you're not Italian, are you? Yes, I, I actually am. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I, I always figured you were of Norse lineage, what with your thick shoulder-length blonde mane. Yeah, I, I don't have long blonde hair. That's uh, you. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. I'm thinking of Mort Fabio. Of who? Mort Fabio. It makes sense that he never said his first name. Fa- wait, wait hold Fabio. on. No, this don't. You can't power pass. Fabio's name is Mort. Yeah, well, his full first name is Mortimer. Mortimer Fabio. So Fabio was his last name this whole time. Yeah, guess what his middle initial is? H. Why? Why? Another one of those names that sounds like a question. Mortimer Y. Fabio. Is his name? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's got zero pizzazz, though, so that's why he went with you know with that. But uh, remember when he got so hungry riding that amusement park ride and he ate a live bird? I do remember that. He was so hungry, he saw a bird coming, and he just opened his mouth up to take a chomp. Really chomped it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, Bruce has had a really positive effect on my life. And, you know, he he could tell that I needed direction. And, you know, I was kind of stagnant. And he kept pushing me to dig, you know, dig inside myself and see what needed to be uh, to be addressed. Okay. And what needed to be addressed? Well, all, you know, all kinds of things. And I, I just had to take charge of my life. And I'm really doing the work on myself. And I know it. I owe all of it to this new spiritual path that I'm on because it's really made such a huge difference in my life. Well, tell me more about this. This is this sounds very encouraging. Um, it's called Scientology, and I'm oh. all in. Yeah, there we go. Okay. It's called Scientology, and I'm all in. Yeah, you know, I'm really discovering a lot about myself. Uh, particularly how to live on half a peanut butter sandwich a day because all my money is going to those courses. Well, like what kind of courses? You're taking all Scientology courses? Yeah, and I'm doing double courses because I want to be invisible by February. Sure. Well, that, that makes sense. You really got to uh, you really got to step it up if you want to get that done by by February. That's only a few months away. I know. I know. And they told me that if I can get a blue check on Instagram, that I would have access to the Celebrity Center in New Bridgewood. That if you could get a blue check, you would they would let you in the... Wow, okay. Well, that's that's something. Yeah. I mean, that would be great because then I could, I could shower once a week. Wow. Yeah, no, that would be a real... Um, yeah, that'd be a real benefit, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, anywho, I'll keep you posted on my my audits and stuff, and 
And uh, i got to say, so far, I'm loving it. My main contact there, uh, Corey Harris, he, he says that the main dude, David Miskovich, is a real turd. That seems so. Corey Harris, who was from, he was a musician, right? He's the musician. He's the musician. Yeah. What's he in? Was he from Mother Thirteen? He is Mother Thirteen. He is he Mother Thirteen. Well, yeah, I mean, it'd be him and seven other guys who weren't in the band originally. Sure. Well, that's that's kind of. Sticking with the spirit of things, it'll be some guys who have to go quickly listen to Mother 13 for the first time in their lives before being in Mother 13. Cut that long hair or or just wear like a big hiding hat instead. Mm Mm-hmm. No, it sounds like it sounds like you really got everything figured out these days, Bryce. I do, I do, I, you know, but, uh, uh, well, the Miskovich thing, uh, you know, uh, what can you do? I'm, uh, I'm sure Mike Dudio and Pat say the same stuff about you and much worse. You know, it's the price of being an alpha. You know, it really is the price of being an alpha. You just have to assume that they're just going to talk behind your back and, and rip you apart, huh? It's true. It's so true. But, you know, you just got to keep on keeping on. That's all I do, buddy. That's all I do. Keep on keeping yeah. on. Have you, have you catch Amsterdam yet? I didn't yet. I couldn't get tickets. Oh, that's cool. What about, what about bros? Bros, same thing. Couldn't get a seat to it. Oh, that ain't cool. What about barbarians? Uh, didn't get to see that. I didn't try for that one yet. That ain't cool. How about Moon Age Daydream? I did see Moon Age Daydream. That's cool. Did you see it? I haven't yet. I'm going to go see it tomorrow. Do you, do you like the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Do I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Not particularly, no. That's cool. What about Pink Floyd? I do like Pink Floyd. Oh, that ain't cool. What about Nick Cave? Nick Cave I enjoy. Sure, I love Nick Cave. That's cool. Do you like to eat poke? Do I like poke? Yes, uh, very much so. I, I do love eating poke. That's cool. What about Cold Stone ice cream? Um, I enjoy it when I have it. I don't, partic- I don't seek it out, though. I'm always worried about arm hair. That ain't, oh, that ain't cool. What do you think? What do I think about what? That's the new persona I'm working on. It's kind of like baked Bryce the cannabis taste baker. I tell you what's cool and what's not. Oh, cool. oh, I see what you were doing there. Yeah, no, that was pretty. That was pretty amazing. You just kept throwing things out and told me whether you thought they were cool or not cool. It is. I, I liked it. It was fun. Just gotta, gotta figure out how I can monetize it to pay for those courses. <laughs> yeah, that might be the trick. Oh, man. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, no. What's wrong? Oh, Tom, I'm going to have.
have to sunset that idea for a moment. Um, well, you know, I I guess what they say about the best show being the preferred podcast of the diminutive yet horrifically cruel leader of America's richest untaxed church is true. Mm-hmm. How so? It's David Miscavige. He must have heard what I said, Corey Harris said, and about him being the T word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the T word. Oh, oh no. He wants me to stab Corey in the upper haunches as a lesson for all who speak ill of him. Wow, that's a that's a wait. Oh, no. <laughs> what am I gonna do? I took a vow of nonviolence in front of the Babylon by bus poster and everything. Bryce, you gotta be safe. just be safe. That's all I can tell you. Be safe. None of that actually happened. What what part of none of that? Oh, oh well, I just told you. See, I, I I got that 93 dead show going on real quiet in the background, and I guess the, the low tones of, of space sounded like a command to kill. Oh, that's very troubling. Oh, bizarre. All right, well, all, all's good, and I just want to say to you, uh on, Kyle. Well, Bryce, I'll say back, right back to you, buddy. Toke on. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll see you out there uh, at the California Ween shows. I know you're going to all seven. Okay, see ya. <laughs> okay, I'm actually not going to all any of the set. Wait, Bryce? No, he's gone. Hey, everybody. Up next. Don't put me on the screen yet. We're going to play a record, and then we'll be back with Daniel Romano's outfit. But let's listen to some... Thing by Carson McHone, who is in Daniel Romano's outfit. This is from the new album, which is called Still Life. It's the title track, which means this song is called Still Life. Here it is on the best show. Back in a minute. There it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the best show. My name is Tom. I'm the host of the show tonight. I'm so glad to have you all here. What? It's like a haunted house. It's like Nighthouse. I saw a movie Nighthouse. Yikes. Look, do you want me to spoil Nighthouse for anybody? No, I'm not going to spoil it. That's bad form. But let me just say something about Nighthouse. It's not spoiling anything. I don't know how you built two houses in the woods. That's all I'll say. That nobody knowing. If you watch you bring hammers and saws. That's all I'm saying. You didn't write Night House, did you? Okay. Well, I just want to make sure. Um, so, it's a fun show tonight. We had uh, Toby Amy's, who did the Crane uh, Crimson documentary. A couple things to tell you all. Best show, Patreon is over at patreon.com slash the best show. That's how you support the show. We got all sorts of bonus content going up there. We have a new show called Rubenesque, and that is me and Mike and Pat and Jason going year by year through the Rick Rubin uh, catalog, uh, analyzing and reviewing everything he's produced. And the second episode is up. You can go check it out. 
over at the Patreon and only the Patreon. And there's a lot of new stuff going up over there as we speak. And over the next couple months, it's going to keep growing and growing. It's really the place to support the show is the Patreon. That's what keeps the lights on for the show. So patreon.com slash the best show. I want you to do that. And uh, it's, that's what will keep the best show the best show. So also next Thursday and Friday, October 20th and 21st, me and Julie Klausner are at the Bell House in New York City, and we're doing our show Double Threat Live, which is the other podcast I do, the amazing show with Julie Klausner. We'll be doing that at the Bell House. The show on the 20th is sold out. The one on the 21st, there are still tickets available, so do not miss it. We have special guests lined up. We got all sorts of stuff. It's going to be a great time, and uh, don't miss that. And... Anything else, anyone who's on the line that I should be announcing? No? No, no one? Oh, Mike has his weird uh, Chinese food podcast. (laughs) How's that going, Mike? We had a competitive eater this week, last week. You did? Yeah. Number two in the country. Who'd you have on? What's his, what's their name? Jeff Esper. Jeff Esper. Yeah. And what, what food did Jeff eat? (laughs) Well, he eats lots of things. Uh, You might be interested. I've only watched, I mean, I, some of these videos are really disgusting. Uh, He did a Taylor ham uh, or pork roll, egg and cheese uh, thing where he ate, uh, pork roll, egg, and cheese for 10 minutes. And get this, Tom. He's putting jelly on it at one point. Ugh. What are you doing <laughs> to me, Mike? What are you doing? <laughs> no, you don't put jelly on pork roll. No. The show is called Egg Foo What? Yes. And it's the talk of the podcast uh, <laughs> industry. Yeah, it is. It's Joe Rogan. It's Tim Dillon. <laughs> That's who I'm gunning for. You're gunning for Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. Go for the best. Yeah. Maybe shove him in one of his shove him in one of his sensory deprivation tanks, fill it with uh beef and broccoli. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Death by egg foo what? (laughs) Mike, you're the best in the biz. Thanks, sir. Sir. I don't like that. And I do like it. That was one of the best and worst things that's ever happened to me. Thanks, sir. No. And uh, Dudio, of course, has the Hawk. Final episode of the Hawk debuting uh, this week. Um, yeah, well, no, not, no, 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 not the final. We're we're at least four hundred away from the final. Four hundred away from the final, at least. Yeah, at least. No, the hawk is going strong, and there's all sorts of stuff going on with the hawk, and everybody loves it. Um, yeah, yeah people are digging it. Uh, Jake Fogelnest, I can, I'll just say that. Uh, friend of the show, Jake Fogelnest, is the guest this coming Monday. Mm, that's so cool. He's Jake's one of the best. Yeah, Jason, you're the best in the biz. So are you, Tom. 
thank you. You didn't call me sir, but but I I, I shot it right back at you. You did. You That's fair. Are also the best in the biz. Your answer was quicker than Mike's, but it was less reverent. <laughs> Pat, I work on the reverence. How are you, Pat? I'm doing all right. How What's, are you? Um, I'm, I'm, thank you for asking. Say the only one who asked how I'm doing. Thank you, Pat. I'm I'm well. Thank you for that. Good. Good. Am I going to see you at the Bell House next week, Pat? You'll see me. You'll Ooh. see me on Thursday night. Ooh. But I won't be around Friday because oh. I have a gig for the first oh. time in three years. What's the gig? I'll be at the Fox and the Crow in Jersey City uh-huh. as part of Sean Kiley's variety show. Mm. Sean Kiley has a show, The Fox and the Crow, which is my favorite children's book. After uh, my pet fly. <laughs> and also I want to say this. Two things about that. Somebody's like, actually, uh, there was a, a children's book about a pet fly. Yeah, I made the thing up in the room. What do you want me to do? And then. There was? Yeah, there's something. And somebody sent me a screenshot from it. looked like trash anyway. My, <laughs> children, my pet fly runs laps around that. And second, thirdly, it's kids' books. These kids are dumb as a bag of rocks. They don't even know which way's up. They have eight ba- eight books of <laughs> books about pet flies. They wouldn't be able to tell the difference. One kid's dumber than the next. You ever meet these kids? They are dumb. Dumb as the day is long. Th- thirdly, fourthly, this Z man. You know Z man. You know that guy. Zach, Zach Z-Man, the, the, the owner of Wally Wacky Man, who, uh, unfortunately, again, I do want to send my condolences to Wally Wacky Man's uh, family. Uh, he, there was a leak, and he heroically volunteered himself to, be, uh, to plug the leak in a, in a dam, and he shoved himself in the leak. Um, he's no longer with us. Rest in rest in pieces, Wally Wacky Man. He writes me, he's like, Yeah, your children's book was good, but it was too short. And I think he like sent me like a rewrite of it or something. Holy moly. What is going on? Rewriting my stuff. See me rewriting Wally Wacky Man's uh tracts. Screeds. What would be worse if I said, hey, guys, I wrote a new screed, or if I said I wrote a new tract? Which one would you be more scared by? I think I'd be scared by a screed. You know what I mean? A a tract, though, might seem more, like, thought out, though. A screed seems like it's just... A tract is like, here's my illogical hate (laughs) that I've applied logic to. And I'm tricking you into not realizing you hate stuff. I just want to say this. Last week, the band Daniel Romano's Outfit came through Los Angeles, and we were lucky enough to have them come by the Best Show studio. They did an amazing session, and I'm telling you this. This is one of the best bands going, if not the best band going. 
I could not believe how good they were. Then I saw them at Zebulon the next night. So I'm at Zebulon. Top five show I've ever seen in my life. No joke. Top five show I've ever seen in my life. And then there was a, and I saw a best show, uh, our own Andrew Gleason. Andrew, you were there. Sure was, Tom. Can you hear me? I can. How great was it, Andrew? Oh, man. It was fantastic. Um, Carson set at the, she opened, she's a member of the band, which you mentioned. Yes. We just um, heard a song and I should have back announced it. Thank you for catching that. Um, well, you Car- did actually say that. But we, say we, that. we heard Carson McCone from the album Still Life, the song Still Life. It's on Merge. Carson mm-hmm. is in Daniel Romano's outfit and she opened for Daniel Romano's outfit. Basically, the band k- takes the stage. Carson sings. Then... They open, then they leave the stage. They come back, and Daniel Romano and Carson switch places. Daniel's now singing. Yeah. Double duty. Yeah. And then Juliana Riolino Holy also man. sings yeah. in the outfit. Absolutely. Three, just three incredible singers just in one band. It, and some dude at the show comes up to me. And I want to say to this guy, I'm not going to say your name on the air. I could. I'm not going to. He comes up to me. He goes, Tom. And this is a tough guy, too. This is a tough-looking guy. This guy looked like uh, he's a tough guy. He looked like a tough guy. Looked like he'd knock my head right off my shoulders if I looked at him sideways. But he was on my side. He came up to me. He said, Tom, you're the baddest MFer in the land. And he meant it, and it meant everything to me. He said, I listen to the show. I love the show. And then he said it again. You're the baddest MFer in the land. Then the show happens, the best things I ever saw in my life. And he sees that I'm in this moment of this, this afterglow from the one of the all-time great shows I ever saw. And he stands, he gets right next to me, and he goes, he, he verbally, he doesn't physically poke me in the chest, but with his words, he poked me in the chest. He said to me, you do that every effing Tuesday night. What they just did, you do every effing Tuesday night. And then he reiterated, I'm the baddest MFR in the land. So, yeah, I am. And I got my friend to help me now. I'm going to get him like a bodyguard, like the movie My Bodyguard. Just start beating people up. It's Moody's bike now. Remember that? Greatest movie ever. My bodyguard. Little twerp goes and gets a bodyguard because he's getting picked on at school. Then the bully at the school goes and gets a bigger bodyguard. It's the craziest plot twist I've ever seen in my life. He gets a bigger bodyguard. Then they throw his bike in the lake. And it's one of those fake New York lakes. You know, like you go, oh, Central Park. Look at the lake. That's not a real lake. It's a hole with water in it. Yeah, it's a real lake when you can see a bank uh, behind it. A lake For a lake to be a real lake, you kind of can't see banks behind them. And there's not a road right through it with cabs. Those are not real lakes. Oh, it's a nice day. Let's go to Central Park. And pretend we're in the woods. Let's go land that one big rock that has 70 other people on it. 
Soak up the rays. Wait, where's my stuff? Yeah, it's gone. You shut your eyes for one second. Your stuff's gone. But by all means, enjoy the woods. Wait, where was I? What am I talking about? I'm so Tom, far off target. Quick question, Tom. Wait, who's this now? This is Dudia. Oh, what's up, Dudia? Did that did that guy that, you know, called you a uh, uh the toughest MF or the say baddest. anything about he said it was the baddest. The baddest. Yeah. Well, I think you're the toughest. Well, that's well, thank you. That's very kind of you. No, but I what I was asking is it did he say anything nice about me or Mike or Pat? No, nothing. He liked Andrew. <laughs> he likes Andrew. Oh, good. Oh, good. He might love you, too. He just didn't say. He didn't say. To be fair, I was there. Yeah, yeah, I so. guess that. Well, that gives you the, you know. Got to start showing up more, Dudio. <laughs> Maybe you'll get told you're the uh, baddest. Mu- Almost said it. The baddest <laughs> mf in the land. That what was close. What am I? Toby Amy's? You mind if I curse, Tom? Well, you did already. Well, I guess I don't. Oh, also, our own Brett Davis. Love this guy to death. All this amazing graphics that go on the best show, that's Brett Davis. He's opening for Delicate Steve over at Gold Diggers on October 23rd. Then he's hosting his own show at Little Secret on the Friday before Halloween. And people can find out more about Brett Davis at their local library. Now, where can people find out more about Brett Davis? Brett Davis, RIP. Is that is that your handle? I believe it is. Everybody, it's time for us to play the session by... Daniel Romano's outfit. And I also want to say I'll I'll read some plugs for them at the end of this. Uh uh, yeah, more plugs in an outlet store going on here, right? You ready, Andrew? <laughs> Sorry for the delay, but yes. Without further ado. Please, let's play our session with Daniel Romano's outfit. Enjoy. Give me that I can love you I'm freaking baby 
vicious operations of eternity and blues and the ever-changing moment so my witness Yeah. 
Quick, as steady as it is, it ain't ever gonna stick. Come on. 
Oh my goodness, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. No. Yes, it was. You don't know the things I've seen, That's and true. that beat all of them. <laughs> I've seen the, it's like the end of Blade Runner where I saw the moon and the. Remember that scene in Blade Runner? No, nobody. Blade Runner. Um, <laughs> Daniel Romano's outfit. This is so exciting. You are from Canada, Welland, Ontario. Canada. Yes. And you are on tour now. Yes. And it's so exciting. I, I've been waiting. <laughs> this is how. Look, I try to pay attention to what's going on, and but then every once in a while something slips through the cracks, and then you just end up looking stupid. And some listener called and was just like, "You got to check out Daniel Romano." I'm just like, "Yeah, okay, sure." <laughs> stupid listeners. <laughs> and then, then I did, and I was like, "No, stupid Tom." Tom was the stupid one in that one. So, and then I was just like, "What is going on here? All this stuff is sitting, waiting for me to catch up now. Now I have all this work to do." But it's good work. It's like art class, not <laughs> So then I cannot believe the sheer volume of greatness that was waiting for me. And then you go deeper, and then you realize the whole band is like superstars. <laughs> right? It's like Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, that's true. Right? What would you be? Everybody's special in their own right. Everybody's special in their own right. So what, can everybody introduce themselves? Yes. Uh, hello. Hi. I'm Carson McCone. How are you? And you are a giant well. recording artist oh. on your own. Jeez. Merge recording yes. artist. Yeah, I just put a record out with Merge, and they're wonderful folks. They've been good to me, and uh, I actually made the record with Daniel. And um, that's amazing. That's me. Do you want to hold? Do you have things you want to hold up and show people? Like instruct them on oh, literally what they should buy. <laughs> you can do that if you want. I, mean, I can just do this. You yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, yeah. it's like being on the Price is Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, music. You can buy it. It's music. You can buy it. And then, then we have... Me? Well, you can oh, my name... Okay, my name is Juliana Riolino. Okay, and now you have a record. I do. I have a record coming out October 14th. That's amazing. What's the record called? It's called All Blue. Okay. Yeah. I feel bad that we just didn't ask you to come here for like five hours and everybody could play full <laughs> sets like Rolling Thunder or something. We'll be, be back. Full. We'll be back. I mean, we'll it's, back. that's kind of what the show's like. So inevitably yeah. that will yeah, be the, the case okay. that there's just, you know, that a review of everyone's work. Sure. Here and there. Yeah. So, so who else do we have? Do you want to, I'll, I'll introduce him. This is uh, Roddy Rossetti. Okay. Uh, he is the bass player. Mm-hmm. He's from Richmond, Virginia. Okay. He looks exactly like that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you've got that cool bass. He does have that cool bass. Fretless bass, right? It's uh, seven serial numbers earlier than the one that Danko played. Okay. So <laughs> amazing. Rest in peace, but he's. Yeah, but he that lost. That makes me going first. Yeah. He lost. We, you just ruined the, race. the line, Yeah, you, yeah. You, you ruined the lore. Edit that out. That is Rick Danko's bass. There we go. It is? Yeah, it is. Wow, I don't know what to do with now. <laughs> now I think I want to steal that bass. That's all I can think about is like, yeah, I would leave the studio behind and never be able to do the show here again. But I would have a pretty sweet bass that yeah. I could take around to, you could take it to record place. stores. Yeah. And, and then you could sell it back to me. I could sell it back to you. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm, about, I'm trying to sell an exercise bike right now. That's Actually, harder. just put it on. 
on Instagram today. So maybe we do a little swap, a little horse yeah. training. You want straight Yes. A, an exercise bike that I bought used. That I'm that, somebody's that going, Rick Danko but owned? It, but it's <laughs> well, yes, Rick no, this was, exercise um, bike. Yeah, no, this was uh, seven exercise bike. Garth Hudson's exercise bike. <laughs> he rode it behind the wall of keyboards. Yeah. And so who's back there on drums? This is uh, my brother Ian Romano on the drums. Amazing. Now, I'm picking up. This seems to be a very Italiano kind of band. Those pies and on I am also of the Italian descent yeah. as well. And what's that mean to be Italian in Canada? Like I'm from New Jersey, yeah. and it's just like, like you throw a rock and you hit. An I mean, Italian in, in the person town we grew up in, it's the same. Yeah. It is yeah. okay. Now, how do you square this better. lack of pizza in Toronto? Well, Toronto is a whole other problem. The living mean, nightmare. I mean, there's a lot of Italians there, but I don't. I, I can't actually. Uh, I don't know enough about the pizza in Toronto because okay. we have we have very particular and pretty wonderful pizza. Okay. In Welland. Okay. This place called the Rex Hotel. Okay. And uh, that's, that's they've, they've been doing it for over a century. It's like. Sure. It's, I think it's like a, a mix between what they would think is like Buffalo, New York. Yeah, slash yeah it's like New Buffalo Jersey. style, but, but not as puffy. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thinner, crispy yeah. crust. Yeah. yeah. Nice little pepperonis. Yeah. Because that's the thing out here in Los Angeles. Andrew's loving this back there because andrew's from philadelphia so right. it's like a lot of time they think that a, well, a lot of pizza equals better pizza yeah. yeah like where this like wad of dough that they pour and don't even get me started on that chicago travesty oh, whatever yeah. that thing is yeah. it's like a cake with sauce on top yeah. Yeah. Too much. right that's dessert that's like <laughs> that's like having dessert pizza yeah, yeah. There's a uh, in the prairies in Canada they put the pepperoni under the cheese too, which I think is that is, a thing. Yeah, or somewhere yeah, I think uh, maybe Calgary. I don't know where it is, but sweaty pepperoni. Which is on like I mean I know it's like whatever cured meat, but it's it just doesn't feel very cured. No. Mm -hmm. You want you want it on top. You want it crispy on top. Yeah. You want it on top. Let the oven do its job. Let the job. oven do its job. <laughs> it's your friend. Yeah. Like the song said, "Oven is my friend." <laughs> <laughs> Right? You know the song I'm talking about? It's a punk thing. Maximum rock and roll. No, nobody. Sebado covered it. No? Okay. It's on Silk Breeze single. No. Um, so the new album, because you because one of the many exciting things that, the, that you offer, Daniel, is that there's a variety of, of styles. Yeah. But the new album seems to be a whole new place to go for you entirely. Yeah, and it's a it's an extended it's a like a how are you describing it? I don't know. Pe people say people have been saying rock opera. I'm a little apprehensive. Well, how do you describe it? Long, don't worry about that. A record without song breaks. That's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it's just a record where you left the song breaks out. That's right. Because some of my favorite albums. Do you ever listen to the Raspberries' greatest hits? Uh, only very recently. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. They did a thing on that album. It's like this cheap capital budget record they cut the thing so tight the hits just go right on top of each other yeah, yeah, yeah. For, like and it's not like that on the actual raspberries albums it's the greatest thing i ever heard yeah to just be like yeah no space between the hits why why, why have it why what are you gonna do you want you're gonna listen to the next yeah, song exactly 
you want to hear them just smash into each other. Yeah. That's, and that's what you just did now. It was the most amazing thing ever. You guys are just, there's no, what are you going to sit around waiting? <laughs> right? You got places we don't to like, be. Uh, we don't like applause and we don't like uh, dead air. Uh-huh. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> Is there a thrill for all of you to watch people start to, <laughs> like, start to clap? Yeah, and then, yeah, that can then be. when you see that they get faked out. Like there's a little bit of a thrill with that, watching them have to like have their hands. They, after they, about 45 minutes, they stop trying. They just yeah. stop, exactly. <laughs> and then when you are done, it's probably like a good 10 seconds of just like now. Now can I do it? Well, now can I clap? To be totally honest, so we've been doing this thing that we stole from the hives. <clears throat> um, when we saw them in Sweden, mm -hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't think well, we told just, them that they we greet were you at the airport. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's how it is. There. There. That's how it is. They see there. a band coming. <laughs> <laughs> they see gear coming off the conveyor belt, and they're just like, "We must get to the airport." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We've been stealing this thing. Uh, we talked to them about it after the show, and they were explaining like. So basically, what they do is like, uh, there's a break in the song, and they all just hold whatever pose they're in mm -hmm. for as long as sure. they can, right? Yeah. I don't think they're the first. They're certainly not the last because we've already stolen it. Yeah. But, um, uh, so they were just like, uh, yeah, like uh, we do it. And then like people cheer and then you wait until they stop mm -hmm. and then they start again <laughs> and then they stop again. Uh huh. And you try to get to that third thing. Uh, <clears throat> and that's been going pretty good for us. But there's been a couple nights. Uh, let's see. Who do we... Uh, Dallas, uh, Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. But also, Dallas, it, it's, sometimes it's a matter of people just being like. So yeah. basically, it's like about, it's about a, uh, maybe a quarter of the way into the set. Okay. And it happens. Uh huh. And some most of the time, people get it and yeah. they're like, "Yay, we'll cheer you back to life." But sometimes it's silent. Yeah. Like and then there'll be one person like. Put a quarter in or whatever. Uh -huh. you know? yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's a good test in humanity though. Like, what do you do when there's complete silence and you and essentially there's no one to guide you on how to act? Yeah. And uh, yeah, the social we constructs find, we find have out. been removed. Yeah. But the, the relief coming in though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would say this. I don't think the hives invented that. I think one of your own countrymen invented that. That's a Nardwar move. Oh, Nardwar oh, does do that. Yeah, Nardwar. Good Nardwar does do Maybe that. Maybe they stole that from Nardwar, actually. Where he just goes <laughs> for so oh, long. That's I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a Nardwar move. All right, well, yeah. okay. All the right, story well. changes. Because what do you think? And then he, and then it's usually like Tyler, the creator, yeah. is just like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know Nardwar? Does anybody? Here? I've we've we've been interviewed yeah. before. Yeah. He's the greatest. I had. He is the greatest. He called into a radio show I was doing on WFMU, and because um, he was doing a show on WFMU, so we're doing a fundraiser, and obviously he was not in New Jersey, so he called in, and he was a part of it, and I was co-hosting it with him from New Jersey, and then I did the the do do lutu to him, yeah. and he. <laughs> Did not like it. <laughs> he clearly was like, he would not participate in it uh, when the tables yeah, were right. yes, Interesting. No, he's in charge. Yeah, Nardwar yeah. is running the show. Mm -hmm. um, so the album's called La Luna. Yes. And it's out for people to buy. It's for people. Anybody can buy it too, right? There's Anybody. no restrictions. Not that. Uh, I mean, There's no limit on how store. many copies somebody we can buy. We can't force anything. No. 
And then Carson, your record is out now. It is, yeah. Still Life is out and okay. about. Okay. Yes. And it's just a matter of days. Mm-hmm. Kind of so exciting. Down. Yes. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming and being on the show. Um, it's exciting when you miss the boat on something initially because then you have all this catching up to do and it's the best kind of catching up and I'm all caught up now. I have a whole shelf of your records <laughs> and now I feel slightly less stupid and I really do appreciate you coming and playing. You guys are awesome We're and it's just grateful. a total Thank treat. You. Thank you for having Thank us. You for having Thank, us. You. Thank you. goodness right the best best recognizes best and i recognize the best and they are the best um daniel romano's outfit thanks for coming through um yeah want to thank uh jesse for for turning me on to daniel romano during a call on the show thank you jesse Jesse at Jesse Fellows. You're the best. You go in the best show Hall of Fame for that, my friend. The best show Hall of Fame. And you know who goes in the Hall of Shame? Whoever's giving me a hard time about pizza talk in the uh, the chit chat. Give me a hard time about that. I'll talk about pizza all bleeping day. From now on. From now on. So when dude's going off about pizza, God bless him. God bless him. You don't want me talking about pizza, I'll turn this into a bleeping pizza show. It'll be only pizza reviews. It'll be like that uh, dimwit from uh, Barstool Sports. Walking outside of pizza. Yeah, it's a good slice. It's 8.2. That nightmare. When does that end? When does that end, finally? Barstool Sports. It won't end well. It won't end well. We're taking over the world. Nah, no you're not. Go talk to Morton Downey Jr. He was in the same position you were. Oh, wait, no, he's... Yeah, God bless everybody, huh? So, I says to myself, there are some things I want to tell you about, real quick, about the Daniel Romano... uh, Daniel Romano's outfit... They got another, they, their tour is still going on. They got Seattle, Portland, Vancouver, Victoria, BC, Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatoon, Winnipeg, Regina, and Minneapolis coming up over the next, uh, the rest of October. There's an Ancient Shapes single, which is an er, uh, uh, earlier band on Sub Pop, split single. Ancient Shapes are doing some Ontario shows in early November. Uh, Carson McCone record out on Merge. 
playing uh, on tour in late November. And uh, Juliana Riolino, new album comes out this Friday, and the tour starts in December. Do not miss any of it. It's all the best. So, the phone number 201-209-0012. Give a call. Give a call. Let's go to the phones. See what's up. Hello, Best Show. Hello. Hello. You, Tom. Who's this? Gennady the Crocodile. The board has once again come in from the cold. Remember oh. me in the old days when I used to do that line? When we had a board? Remember the board, Tom? What? Remember the... those days of the board? The Friends of Tom yep. board? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Well, still out there, still operating. Okay. People are putting stuff up. God bless become you. become kind of a secret thing. Secret All right. Thing, is, it, is it fun over there, the old Friends of Tom board? Mm, it is and it isn't. Did anybody call um, uh, Paul Fredericks in Newport Richie? Oh, yes, Fredericks. How's, about it, two months ago. Because he had giant snails. Before, the, before the, the hurricane hit the other side of Florida, he had giant snails, African snails. They came into Florida back in the 60s, and they keep on fighting them back over and over and over again. Have you ever heard this one, Tom? That a part of Florida is under attack from snails? Giant African snails. They came in in a, in a, in a crate of stuff um, oh. back in 1965, and they just they keep on killing them off, but they, you know, the snail, snail eggs, they keep on growing back. Uh, enough of them survive that they just keep on coming. It's like the tilapia in um, Salton Sea. You know, have you ever been to the Salton Sea? Now that, now that you're a six-lander, have you ever been to the Salton Sea? I have not been to the Salton Sea. You should go there. It's horrifying. Well, it sounds like the greatest endorsement it's, I've ever heard. Horrifying, you it's say. It's horrifying. They, well, it was a runoff. It was an accident. All the runoff ran into, ran into an ancient uh, dry lake bed, and it became a salt water thing. Mm-hmm. And fishermen decided to put tilapia into it and and fish it, and then it just fell to pieces. It was like from the 40s to the 70s, and then it fell apart. And you got this gross salt crust that forms over all the remaining buildings. And the tilapia, they... they they overproduce and then they die off and then there's like tilapia cannibalism that goes on. It, it's not the tilapia fish will eat each other. It's, it's pretty gross. Disgusting. And why? You should see it. You should see the it's gross. Well, you it's disgusting. You should see it. I'm not going there. Yeah, because you, because you need to see the disgusting, weird side of California that, no, I that don't. locals like myself know about. Okay. We well, know horrors beyond human comprehension, Tom. Well, that's We've your nightmare, things, Chief. Tom. Yeah. I, I don't well, need you've, you've you've been. I've yeah. what? What do you say? I what? Well, you've you've been to like the horrors of, of New Jersey. 
mm-hmm. but you haven't been to the horrors of California. The yeah. mummifying horrors of California. Why? Terrifying. And why would I want to? I again? don't know. Because it's October and it's Halloween season, Tom. That's how it works. So you I'd go check the fishes. I'd go check the tilapia that are eating each other out because of Halloween. Yeah, maybe. Or you might go to the Libria tar pits and know that there might that stuff might be dragged out of the Libria tar pits at any moment. You know, there's there's all sorts of stuff. Sure. Horrors. No, that makes sense. Horrors. No, that makes sense. I get it. So, what other horrors should I see out here? Um, Sandia National Labs is fun. Oh, that, wait, that's in that's in. Uh, mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Go up to Lakeport. I dare you to go up to Lakeport sometime. Okay. There's some, there's some go, sh- up and, go up and talk to Eric Barber in Lakeport sometime. It's, it's great. Okay. Tell me more about Lakeport. And I do hear the music. And yes, I do hear the music, Tom. None of you tell me what to do. Go do this. Go do that. Don't talk about pizza. Go watch fish eat each other. Leave me alone. Tell me about fish. There's one way to get those fish to stop eating each other. Throw in some uh, Toronto pizza shaped like fish. Let them get a chomp of one of those. They'll start eating. They'll stop eating post haste. 201-989-0012 is the phone number. Give a call. We are shockingly, there's 15 minutes left in the show. Phones are are, are empty. How about that? Old phones are empty. The old phone bank people tell me what to do. Don't anybody tell me what to do. Make it here. Make your children's book longer. Don't make fun of pizza. Go look at fish killing each other. Tell me what to do. Make me want to barf. Make me want to barf almost as bad as the time I uh, barfed when I ate that Toronto pizza. I mean, I'll keep it going. I'll keep it going to the end of time. So it's just me sitting here alone. It'll be like AI. 4,000 years from now, I'll be at the bottom of the ocean talking about pizza. Also, next week on the show... We're going to do the United States of Bruce. Now, what is that? Well, New Jersey has Bruce Springsteen. And who is the Bruce Springsteen from your state? We're going to do all 50 states in one show. I am so curious to see who the Bruce Springsteen of Idaho is. Some are obvious. We'll talk about it more next week. Of course, John Cougar, Mellon Camp. Is Indiana Bruce? Well, no, we're not. I got California's. And Pat, this is your idea, right? 
it started with me realizing who the answer for California is, which I'll just you'll do, I'll, you'll I'll pitch next, next week. week. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it's the lead singer of Phantom Planet. We were on the run, always on the gun, looking at the 101. California, here we come, right You're back close. where we started from. Back to the phones. Hot phones, baby. 201-989-0012. Best show, hello. Hello. Hi, welcome to the show. Thanks. To whom am I speaking? It's Jim from Denver. Jim from Denver. What's up, Jim? Or Tim, whichever. Tim from Denver. What's up, Tim? Uh, not much. What's going on with you? Like, I can't figure out a theme for tonight, but it was super funny. That's how it goes sometimes, Tim. We don't need no themes to be funny. All right. I got a couple things, like... I got something for Mike, but um, it's uh, it's blue. But I think I don't know if you don't want to do that. We don't even do that. But <clears throat> Mike, it's a uh, yeah. yeah. This guy's got something for you. It seems like he's it's going to be dirty. Some, right, so, I, seems like it's going to be dirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. So, uh, Tom, I think um, maybe you'll remember in the nineties um, the weirdest tour. It was like the Flaming Lips. Stone Temple Pilots, the B-Hole Surfers. Do you remember any of that? Um, I don't remember that specific tour. All right. So uh, let me let me go on. 92, 93, Omaha, Nebraska, this crazy like alternative dumb rock tour comes through. And uh, Mike. Yeah. The B-Hole Surfers are playing. They're crazy, psychedelic Texas uh whatever rock right strobes are going like it's going crazy i really don't like when this guy says b-hole surfers guys well what do you want me to say the whole thing yeah say it i'd rather you say it the butthole surfers yeah that's so much better than god yeah what i don't know i don't know who agrees with me and who doesn't but oh it's tom Tom. your leader your leader tom the baddest mf -er in the land yeah, man, Jay Leno told you that. Jay Leno. We know who the we know who the toughest mf'er in LA is. In the land, the Jay guy Leno. said I'm the toughest mf'er in the land. Well, and then when that band, you saw how good that Daniel Romano set was. Did you see that? Who? Oh, yeah. the band you just had on. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. After they played hottest set I ever saw in my life, guy comes up right back to me, goes. What they just did, you do every bleeping Tuesday night. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's your thing. That's why we're here. That's your thing. That's why we're here. I'll let it slide. Oh, come on, man. Tim, I'll let it slide. <laughs> what do you got for Mike? What do you got for uh, Mike? Uh, all right, let me tell the rest. Mike, the most public display of affection I've ever seen was during the Butthole Surfers set in Omaha in like 1992, 1993. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> what, somebody... Like, that was insane. 
two people were having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the floor, like, yeah. during the show. Like, what? Like, because watching the band, and then, like, my friend, like, turned my head, and I was like, what's happening? Okay. All right, that's not fine. Fine. I'm not, it's not funny. Where'd you think this was going? <laughs> Where'd you think we were going with this? Did you think I was going to condoning what? that conduct yeah. you think mike is a religious he, he's a he's a man of faith and for you to think that mike who's a man of faith would 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 celebrate because <clears throat> i don't want look i'll yeah. i'll tell everybody about mike here he researches all you nightmare people he studies you. He acts like he's one of you. You go to Mike's place. There's a doormat, and it says, if you ain't got faith, you're going to catch on fire when you walk in this place. <laughs> and I've seen it happen. I've seen people of, of, of little faith walk into that place. And immediately their skin starts to crinkle and crackle like it's uh, Raiders of the Bleep and Lost Ark. He doesn't want to hear your 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 sick story of uh, somebody getting down at a Flaming Lips show. You think that's what Mike wants to hear? It's the last thing he wants to hear. You remember what song it was that that uh, brought it on? <laughs> no, I don't. No, okay. no. See, that that detail could have uh, yeah. could have made this story. That would have turned the story, Tim. Yeah, it was a whole surfer song. I don't remember. Yeah. Also, Mike, Mike sent me uh, a copy of the Tom Hanks, Steven Spielberg, uh, 1960s Nixon movie, whatever it was. What? And... It wasn't a registered, like, legal copy. It was over over the state lines, and I was... Are we all little, high? <laughs> a little worried. I just I looked it up, actually. DVD? Yeah. I just looked it up. It yeah. was... Uh, the song was The Shaw Sleeps in Lee Harvey's Grave uh, was the one they were getting <laughs> See? down on. See? Now, wow. that's funny. That's that's funny. Yeah. I mean, that, that you only need one more detail to make Thank, it a funny story. See, and Mike knows literature. He's a well, <laughs> is a well-read dude. Yeah. He gave my book one star <laughs> over on Goodreads. One four star. Stars. He said, better luck next I gave time. him five. Thank you. Well, now you actually should stay yeah. on the phone. I think I gave a couple Faulkner books four stars, Tom. Mm-hmm. Come on. Okay. <laughs> You're in good company. Yeah. Good company. And I can't deny. I'm reading Frankenstein now. You are? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good book. It is a good book. It. I read it. I read Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Getting in the mood. I'm actually reading Feed My Frankenstein now. It's a book. Uh, it's a book about 80s era um, Alice Cooper. <laughs> It's a little so, different from the movie, right, Tom? Look, I don't exactly remember it. Because uh-huh. first of all, Frankenstein in the book, he ain't got no bolts on his neck. <laughs> oh. 
but he, he's yellow and w- with black lips. So, it, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's different, but it's kind of weird, too, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was interesting to me, as soon as he creates this this monster, the monster runs away. And then, you know, I'm, I'm still into it, but uh, I thought that was interesting. While reading the book, who do you think portrayed Frankenstein the best on screen? Uh, Happy Mike. Uh. <laughs> well, who do I have? I mean, Boris Karloff and who? Who, uh, who, what, who else did it? De Niro Garrity? did it. De Niro. De Niro. What uh, movie? Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Well, I never saw that. Uh, Peter Boyle from Young Frankenstein. Oh, <laughs> he was a good Frankenstein. <laughs> Yeah, he was a little more limber. I think that's truer to the book. Uh, play my song. Play Tool. Uh, play Thrice. AP Mike. <laughs> Willie Nelson sucks. Uh. The guy gave me the finger, too. That was weird. Uh huh. That is a weird move. That's that's just, that's it's a... Inside. <laughs> the only place for the finger is in a car, right? Yeah, I would say so. A car. Mike, you just... Hold on. Where (laughs) is the best place to give the finger? (laughs) I'm adding it, too. Yeah, let's kill this United States of Bruce topic. I think next (laughs) week is where's the best place to give the finger. (laughs) AP Mike. Mmm, fun pack. Uh, open fun pack. Uh, stupid magazine in middle. Uh, make Frankenstein mad. Frankenstein mad. I think Frank, we have to bring, you know, into the modern era. When's the last time they did a Frankenstein movie? I don't remember this Robert De Niro thing at all. Mike, what about this? I think it was directed by like Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, I was going to say that's uh, that's the one, and it's like a direct adaptation of the book. Yeah, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's not. It's okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't blown away by it. Anyway, no one cares. No, no, I care. It's, it's my favorite movie. I care. I care. <laughs> Mike, favorite movie. What would you okay. think about this? Uh-huh. Frankenstein in Bayonne. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking a couple uh, people who might uh, want to audition. Yeah, I'm thinking in, Bay- in Bayonne, they'd have to ask people to be less like Frankenstein to get the job. <laughs> Mike, could you record a Frankenstein in Bayonne for a Halloween show for the best show? Yeah, let and me let me voice it. Give oh. some thought to it. Yeah, a little uh, Halloween uh, audio trip. Oh. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Quick check. <laughs> Green quick check. Frankenstein want pickle. Want giant dill pickle. <laughs> Why is there chili in everything? Uh, too much chili. Uh, <laughs> he starts smashing up the the, the quick check. <laughs> Frankenstein want to pump on gas. Not trust employees. Hey, you can't pump your own gas. This is Jersey. Ah! Hmm. 
That's when I know I'm succeeding. When I get back from Mike, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> 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 hmm. Hmm. Like I said, you're one you're one step away from saying, hmm, sounds like you're having a lot of fun over there. <laughs> no, I'm trying to stay in the background. Yeah. Ah, Frankenstein in Bayonne. Look for ca- look for Captain Bayonne. Ah, Frank Mass is closed. Frankenstein mad. Ah! What do you think about that, Mike? I like it. I'm glad. I'm glad you like it. Well, my friends, the time has come. The best show is over. Go in peace. Best parts of church. Go in peace. You hear go in peace? It's the best thing I ever heard in my life. My mother dragged me to church. Let's all go to church. Really? Then we're one of those families late. Yeah. Great. Well, let's let's yeah. Let's all stand against this again. Lean against this radiator in the corner. Yeah. Burn my back on this thing because no more no more seats. Uh-huh. And then everybody's looking when you got to go up to receive communion. Yeah, not us. We ain't. We we ain't eligible. You ate within an hour? No, I just didn't, didn't go to didn't go to uh, confession, confession in the last nine years. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, forgive me, Father, uh, for I have sinned. It has been six and a half years since my last confession. Uh, I uh, lied uh, to my parents a couple times. And I uh, haven't been to church uh, since I was three. Yeah, do, do uh, three Hail Marys, three Our Fathers. <laughs> uh-huh. Bored priest on the other side of that thing. It kind of sounded like the priest was Frankenstein, too. Just a little bit. <laughs> Forgive me, Father. <laughs> <laughs> no, Frankenstein, did you, uh, did you go to confession? No. Uh, Then you can't receive communion. Father Frankenstein. That's a good title. Father Frankenstein. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Everybody shaking hands. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with Frankenstein. What do you think of that? Candles. Why Frankenstein not like he gets mad those candles are all lit at the back of the church. Fire! Ah! Pass the basket around. Hmm. Frankenstein no have singles! Ah! Have to put five dollars <laughs> in basket. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Frankenstein want to make change in basket. 
Who puts coins in basket? Who that cheap? <laughs> well, everybody. Doesn't have church, church envelopes? <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, we all didn't have your fancy churches in Bayonne <laughs> with your fancy envelopes for the money. Maybe I'll start going back to church. Maybe that's what I'm missing in my life. Nope. Thought about it. That ain't happening. Everybody, best show will be back next week. The topic, who in the United States of Bruce, who is the Bruce Springsteen in each and every state? We're going to do every state, all 50 of them, figure out who the Bruce Springsteen is. For each of your states. And maybe we'll do the Canadian provinces also. <laughs> what do you think about that? Good idea. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, people in the chat were asking for international Bruce's. <clears throat> yeah, okay. People in the chat want international Bruce's. You'll get your international Bruce's. And in the meantime... The best show. I got to get a gavel in here, and just when it's over, I hit it. Right? The gavel didn't make the the track. Oh no, it's in. It's here. It's a, it's here. I just got to have it in here, though. Uh -huh, um, yeah. it's in miscellaneous box thirty-four. <laughs> Pat, he's probably right. Every box is open. It's all here. We got all the stuff. The gavel's here. You don't believe me? You I don't believe, believe me? It, no. no, you don't believe me. Hold on. You stay here. Stay. <laughs> Right back. Here come the judge. Yep. It's a 20 minute uh, walk think, to his office. I, th I think there is, guys, I think there is an unopened box in the Forever Dog closet. I saw it when I was there. I think it's box 34. You think that's 34? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. You got any fact, money? On I'm, this? I'm, I'm, any money? I mean, <laughs> I'll bet. Oh, I'll I know bet. he has it because I've uh -huh. seen it. Okay. I'll bet 10. I'm good for 10. So I should have bet. Well, yeah, yeah, you had inside information. Uh, that is, I'm, I'm yeah. not going to. I could go to jail for that. <laughs> I'm not going to bet now. Show uh, begins is there anything soon. else we should plug while Tom's gone? I'll go to the Patreon. Patreon.com uh, slash the best show. The second episode of yeah. Rubenesque is up right now. Third being recorded soon. And uh, Four Horsemen being recorded soon, too. Am I horseman number two or three? I I don't know. I don't know if there's a call sheet for horsemen. Do, do we have numbers? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I think Mike. I think you'd be two just by by uh, seniority. Uh huh. But four is so a, you'd, a you'd, good number be... for me. Four is a good number for me. All right. You can you can be four if you. <laughs> That's what if you, you want. prefer being four. What if you can't find it though? Here's the thing. <laughs> Then I Listen, placed, I'm not lying. The there's a box. There's a box in the closet. I thought for sure he'd be is, back uh, by now. Mostly still packed. I don't even. I don't know, know guys. I'm not sure. Oh no! Can't find it. <laughs> oh man! I should have took the wager. All right. Man. Wait, who lost who money on it? Ten. Who I would have lost 10? money. I would have lost money. But who who owes who money? Uh, well, Mike was and gonna, Jason both owe me ten dollars. <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm finding this guy. I was gonna bet that you couldn't find it, but uh, <laughs> He's going the duty of 
studio was sure that he saw the the, the gavel. I've no, I've I seen was, it. I I bet ten dollars <laughs> yeah. that uh, Joe, find Joe Dana it. says is the slice of life. It basically has become one. <laughs> no, that, it, it, there's a determined look on Tom's face that yeah. uh, I don't think this show's ending until the the gavel is I, I think he's going to have to find it. Uh-huh. Or he's going to find some form of a hammer. Uh-huh. Look, I can dig out the inventory and f- figure out what box I put it in because I, I know I labeled it. Andrew, what's the feel over there right now? <laughs> Sorry, real quick. Yeah, um, not looking great. It's not, not looking, looking great. Not looking <laughs> fantastic he, for the search. grunting from the office? Um, there's various noises emanating. Through the halls. Let me just say, um, for those listening that don't know, I gave a, I, I, I did a very detailed inventory list from the New Jersey studio to LA, and I literally labeled the box that the gavel is in. And I'm not kidding. I think it's. It might. You're be, probably right. Your stuff was like, super, super detailed. It might detailed. be box 34. I'm not. I think it is. And I could pull it up. Uh, well, I bought that. the gavel, so this has a, a sentimental meaning. Oh, yeah, we really got to get to the bottom of where so, it is. I, I, I want to know whether it made the trip. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad Brett whipped up the technical difficulties. Yeah, I yeah, think we not... may get some footage here of the search. So uh, stand by. Stole my gavel. How come you haven't been summoned? I'm not there. Ordered. So he oh, stole my there. gavel. Okay. Oh, okay. Somebody Super stole my gavel. <laughs> oh, no. If I find out who stole my freaking gavel. It's a warning. I'm going to warn you right now. Someone stole my gavel. One of these rat bastards out there. From one of Another these other show? podcasts. Maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know who it is. But you listen to me right. You listen good right now. I'm talking to the camera like in uh, that Mel uh, Mel Gibson movie, uh-huh. The Beaver. No, wait, uh, Ransom. You listen you know, to me. T- zip it, zip it for a second. Okay, okay. God bless you, but zip it. Zipped, zipped. Hi, my name's Tom Sharpling. Someone at the Forever Dog Studios. Stole my gavel and the little piece of wood that you hit a gavel with. This gavel is valued at $71,000. And Pat, Pat, you're not on mute. I know. Order in the court, folks. You have 48 hours <laughs> to return this gavel, or you will face the wrath of me. I'm going to go full Frankenstein on you and smash <laughs> up your place of residence or your home or your church the way you smashed my place by stealing my gavel. Not unlike 
the news story that we all heard last week where Frankenstein smashed up a quick check in Bayonne, New Jersey. This gavel is a family heirloom. <laughs> and it must be returned. Or I will hunt each and every one of you down. And wear your faces, <laughs> like in the movie Face Off. It will be a face on, because I will put your faces on my face. And then I will rob a gavel store, make sure I look right at the security camera, so you get arrested for stealing the gavel. And I will return your face upon stealing it so that they can identify you as the person who robbed the gavel store. I am not joking. This is not of light or a, ma a time of levity. This is a time of stone cold seriousness. This gavel meant everything to me. Some might say I forgot that this gavel even existed until six minutes ago. <laughs> and now I'm manufacturing outrage mm -hmm. over a dumb piece of crap that laid in the Besho studio for years unattended. It wasn't that cheap. How much was it? $71,000. And not unlike a Patek Philippe watch. These gavels go up in value. They do. And this gavel <laughs> at auction would most likely sell for $19 million. Thank you. Please end the best show. The Best Show is produced in partnership with the Forever Dog Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, and Michael Lisk. The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Michael Lisk, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The Best Show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason, website and technical support provided by Martine Sellis, and the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support The Best Show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thebestshow, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram over at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, Life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>